0: I'm reading from Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Them is our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen or the nations, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, or bring back our captives, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him bringing uh, shall come again with shouts of joy that means and, and that word there it says that phrase that says bearing precious seed actually it means a bag of seed for sowing this is so relevant to us at this time uh, in relation to my recent message on a window of opportunity this is saying that we're coming out of captivity And the people of God have been in captivity many times. It's saying we're coming out of captivity and we're coming out for harvest. We're coming out with bags of seed for sowing and we're coming out uh, looking to reap with rejoicing, with shouts of joy. We're getting to a place here, in other words, where we're we're pushing into a, a season of revival. And I'm not talking about a season of revival like we've had in the past. And I'm not... I'm a student of revival. I love reading about revival. I have done all my you know all, all my life as a Christian. And I want to say this though, that what's coming is far greater. There's a far greater glory coming. There's a far greater harvest coming. That if you put all the revivals and awakenings of previous times together, it won't even begin to touch what's coming. I believe that. And I'm not saying that because we have to be special. Um, you know, we're about as deserving of that, as any other generation has been in, i.e. not at all, in the sense that uh, you can't really earn it anyway. It's not a matter of striving. I've uh, shared this recently in my blog too, about we need to get away from the baby steps of these things. We need to get away from the immature ideas that we have, that somehow if we beg more, cry more, fast more, plead more, and above all, repent more, all this, well, you know, God won't send revival uh, unless we repent. Well, all of that really makes a revival something that we somehow manage uh, to twist God's arm to do. And that's an insult because we're really implying then that we want revival more than God, that we somehow have to uh, twist his arm, we somehow have to pay for it with uh, you know, repentance and, and fasting and so on. And the Lord put it to me like this. He said, position yourself for revival. Now that, that includes a bit of prayer, fasting. Repenting It includes all of those things. But repentance, not as just squalling and bawling, but repentance as in changing what we do, changing how we think, changing how we approach ecclesia. In other words, being mature, grown up, becoming spiritually mature and stop the baby games that we we, we do, stop having church the way that we've been having it and stop uh, being competitive as uh, leaders, as churches, as Christians and start to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and not seek first our own ministries, our own ideas, um, our own uh, prejudices, our own agendas, and so on and so forth. God wants a people sold out to him. God wants a people positioned for revival. And, uh, And that means the way I see it, the way that the Lord has shown it to me, grow up, be mature, be mature sons and daughters that can handle it. You know, just talking about that whole business of inheritance. The Bible says, ask of me uh, and I'll give you the the nations for your inheritance. Now, Jesus has already inherited the nations and so have we because we're in him in the sense that legally these things belong to us, that the planet belongs to, to God and his people, the planet belongs to King Jesus. But we manifest our inheritance of it by growing in him, and grown in responsibility. You see, we're joint heirs and we're sons, but it doesn't mean to say that we're still not stewards. In fact, sons and heirs have far more stewardship responsibility than mere servants. So we have to start acting like we're inheritors and heirs. Uh, and, uh, you know, if somebody at the age of 20, uh, whose father has a business and Goes to join that business when I was uh, sixteen. In fact, before I was sixteen, I started working for my father, and uh, I went when I left school at sixteen. I went to work for him. Now he didn't give me the whole business to run when I was sixteen, but gradually I got more and more responsibility. And it's the same with anybody. You know, whether your name's Rockefeller or you know Joe Blogs, if your father has a business and uh, you have a family business and you're an inheritor of that family business an heir of it then you don't get the whole shooting match when you're 20 years old, when you first leave college or whatever. You you are given responsibility incrementally, and so you inherit incrementally. It's all yours legally. It all belongs to you. Um, but let's just say, for example, yeah, you were an heir of a, a family business uh, and your father died, but uh, you weren't ready to run the business, but you were the heir, so you owned the business. Now, if you're the responsible board of directors, they wouldn't let you be the boss right away. What they'd say to you, "Is keep working the business, develop experience, uh, grow a bit, mature, learn the business, and then at a later stage." And that's why we have inheritance laws, and we have these trusts where sometimes uh, money is withheld from the heir until they they reach. And sometimes that's incremental. You know, you get so much at the age of sixteen and eighteen and twenty one and twenty five. We have these trusts, and they're held in trust because they want to see that you're not some you know, absolute uh, mental case that's going to squander what you're given. Um, And so there are conditions attached to inheritance. It all belongs to you. It's all yours, but you're given it in stages. And we're a little bit like that just now. We we want the greatest revival the world's ever seen. We've promised it. We're believing for it. We're crying out to God for it. But the question has to be asked, are we ready for it? Are we mature enough? Do we have the shoulders to take it on as co-laborers, as joint heirs, or are we still playing church games? God wants the Ecclesia. I'm making this uh, difference all the time in my teaching between the Ecclesia and church. And, of course, church is how we translate the the Greek word Ecclesia. But we've, we've seen church totally different from how the word ecclesia mean what it means we've seen it differently Ecclesia meaning legislative governmental assembly or council a council of people who are gathered together for the purpose of governance and legislating matters we, we've we not seen that uh, when we talk about church uh, we, we church has been you know the four hymns and a prayer sandwich uh, we have sermon at the end or it's you know a worship service, you Know by somebody in skinny jeans, um, praising the Lord, and you know, uh, with their with bottle of water and hallelujah. Uh, and then we have somebody come and, and bring us a word. None of that is what Jesus meant when he said, I'll build my governmental assembly, I'll build my ecclesia. None of that is what, it, what he meant. I'm not saying these elements of these things, worshipping God is fine, certainly, hearing my message is fine, assemble. Together is what, what it what it's all about. It has to be an assembly and that's why we have to be very careful. The into it, I'll just very briefly say it. We have to be very careful that what we're talking about these days with Zoom church and church online as being, well that's okay, you know. It's not okay because it's not really an assembly. It's it's a means of assembly. But assembly means to be together. And there has to be a physicality to that and I won't get into that, but If you look at things like baptism, laying on our hands um, and and, and anointing with oil, all these things, that requires a physical presence and they're all elements of assembling together. But I want to emphasise that being together in an assembly means that we're there for a purpose and that purpose is to bring governance to the nations. It's as simple as that. And governance in your local region or your local area you know, as we as we look at churches in different levels, local, regional, national, uh, and, and worldwide, and universal, the body of Christ, the, the functions are... Even as an individual Christian, you have a, a mandate from the Lord to pray for your nation and its rulers, that they'll straighten up and align themselves with, with God's purpose. And you can enforce that in prayer, and, and I believe that releases multitudes, armies of angels... To bring that to pass, and if God is to remove stubborn, hard-necked, brass-necked rulers, He'll do it, and so, and replace them with the godly, or replace them with those that God chooses to to rule. And God can raise up, you know, an absolute uh, numbskull to reign. But if that numbskull is somebody who hears from God and just does what God wants to do, don't have to be intellectual are intelligent intellectually, you just simply need to be somebody who obeys God. God is looking for people who will do his purpose and will. And uh, we should be praying those people into positions of power. They don't have to be giants of of the intellect. Sometimes it helps if they are. But the point I'm trying to make is, is very, very simple. That God is bringing us out of captivity. We have a window of opportunity. Uh, we're going, it's going to be wonderful. But let's not squander it by just saying, well, it's wonderful to meet again and, and go back to normal. Forget normal. Normal no longer exists. The new normal is God's kingdom, a kingdom culture, uh, the ecclesia being who the ecclesia is supposed to be. And that means you being who you're supposed to be. It means growing up, every one of us. Every, if you are a mature Christian, get more mature. I mean, just keep growing. Growing in maturity. It's what God wants. And I want to say this to you. Maturity comes by revelation. By the revelation of God's word, of who Jesus is, of who you are in him, uh, and of all the deep truths of God, the mysteries of God, It's uh, Paul refers them to uh, mysteries. But they're not hidden from you, they're hidden for you, and they're hidden for you at this time. This is the time that uh, all these pe- people of old, the prophets of old, the, the people of God of old, they all wanted to live in this time, uh, in the new era, and there is a new world order, and it's coming, and it's not the one that Bill Gates and Bill Clinton and Obama and Tony Blair and all these people want it to be, it's who the people of God want it to be, which is, it's going to be God's kingdom, that's the new world order that's coming, and Jesus is coming to reign, but you know, before he breaks through the skies and comes with, uh, and the clouds of angels and saints or whatever, he's coming, in and through the Ecclesia on earth to usher in the end time Elijah ministry, outpouring, awakening. People are calling it the Great Awakening. It's not just the Great Awakening. It's the greatest awakening the world has ever seen. And it's coming. We've got a window of opportunity right now to pray it and to position ourselves for it. Position yourself for the Great Awakening and be the people of God that we're meant to be at this momentous time in history. May God truly bless you. Let me just very quickly pray for you uh, as we close this. Father, I pray for those who are listening to this, that that sense of Holy Ghost urgency uh, would come upon them, your presence would come upon them, and cause them, Father, to to be compelled, to to be positioned correctly and rightly with you and for you at this time. That Holy Ghost urgency and fervency be in them the fire of the Spirit burning at them at this time. In Jesus' name, bless you folks.